Hey everyone, this is Mike Flanagan. On this episode of the Inside Bowling Show, we welcome Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike from the Sweep the Rack podcast to the program. We talk about how they started their show along with a lengthy discussion with the PBA League draft just happening yesterday. This show, if you found it by now, is broadcast live on Facebook and YouTube, and you should head over to those accounts by searching Inside Bowling to watch the program and check our schedule for future episodes. If you're enjoying our show, do us a favor and subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a review. Matt and I would really appreciate it. If you really like what we're doing here and would like to support the show, head over to InsideBowling.com and you can save 15% off site-wide with coupon code IVSHOW. Elements from the show today are intended for both video and audio, and we apologize if at some point in the show you can't quite follow along. This is a great reminder that all of our shows are archived on our YouTube channel. So here we are with episode number 26 with the Sweep the Rack podcast guys, Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Monday, everybody. Episode 26 coming at you here on the Inside Bowling Show. I'm Matt. Matt's with me as well. And uh, Team USA jersey's up, so it's here to stay. And uh, we had a pretty interesting weekend here, Matt. We've got some awesome guests here today. How are you on this fine Monday? You know, Mike, I had the night to sleep on my thoughts for this year's PBA League draft and our discussion with Brad and Kyle last night. And I'm still amazed. I think last night's draft was a great draft, an interesting draft, and I could not be – I think it was a great idea for you to get uh, the gentleman from the Sweep the Rack podcast to come on here today, Big Mike and Brooke and Rob, to talk with us about last night's draft. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this a lot. Big fans of their show. We're going to get in and find out a little bit about their show, and then we're going to dive right into this draft. But first of all, Matt, I need to ask you a question. Yep. How do I look today? Do I Do I look okay? You know, Mike, I think today might be a day where you can throw your Kimberly Pressler glasses on. Well, the reason why I say so is last night at, at two in the morning, I got really hungry and uh, I was craving pizza. And there was only one pizza place open near my house at two in the morning last night. And five guys showed up to my house last night and delivered me a pizza. And I've been sick all morning after having these five guys deliver the pizza. So uh, big weekend in sports. Jordan documentary is what I was just referencing there. Uh, also, NASCAR was back this weekend and live golf uh, this weekend. So uh, sports are coming back a little bit. And of course, the PBA League draft last night as well. Uh, but before we get before we get into our Bowler X poll question and before we get to our guest today, I want to have a serious um serious conversation with our audience and Matt and I, you and I talked a little bit this weekend about this. What is the future of this show? We're in quarantine. Uh, COVID-19 is getting a little bit better here in the world, uh, depending on, on where you live and what's going on. 
what is the future of this show? We started doing it in quarantine because we were at home. I'm a guy that normally spends 200 days a year on the road working for clients. There's no way I could do a daily show if I'm on the road. Uh, those travel commitments have pretty much been uh, ixnayed. They're gone. Uh, they may come back if I choose to take them back. I'm not sure what's going to happen. But we need to figure out what we're going to do with the future of this show. We are on episode 26 today. We said we were going to do 40 of them, which is, a, which is a full sample size of two months, eight weeks. And then what do we do? We know we're probably going to take the, the week after that off. Uh, we're probably not going to come on with a show. We are debating recording some some episodes to, to release on our podcast forum on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. And we're talking about maybe doing some things outside of the industry that week, maybe talking about various topics that bowlers are interested in that really doesn't have anything to do with bowling and recording those with experts in their field. Uh, we also have considered potentially uh, interviewing some people that have the uh, video, uh, not the capabilities to be able to do video and just doing long format audio interviews and release them that week as we take a week off. And then when we come back, what does the show look like when we do come back, uh, if we do come back? So we want you, the audience, to tell us what we should do. Uh, no idea is a bad idea. And we want you to write in at media at insidebowling.com, media at insidebowling.com. Send us your thoughts. Uh, we will read them all, and we will look into what we do for the future of this show. Um, if you would like to keep the show going, there are some things that you can do. You can share this broadcast, whether you retweet it, whether you share it on Facebook, whether you uh, share a YouTube link. You can also support the show at InsideBowling.com by ordering merch. You can save 15% off with coupon code IBSHOW. Um and that's what you can do to support this this program if you want to see it going. Uh, Matt and I do have an interest in doing it daily, indefinitely. We'd like to be six years from now, we're doing a daily show. Uh, we know that we would regurgitate uh, guests should this turn into more of a, of a program where we talk about current events and we just happen to cover bowling for 20 minutes a day. What is it that you want from this show? Because uh, we've got some ideas, but we want, we want to hear from you. So. Uh, I just wanted to cover that last night, PBA League draft on Flow Bowling. Shout out to Flow Bowling for taking that on. Uh, I know a lot of work went into that show last night. There was a lot of pre-programmed stuff, uh, highlight clips for each player. They had to contact each player and have them available remotely. Uh, I know that they had a couple of hiccups. Um, and being a guy that's done live streaming for a decade now, I understand how that goes. And typically in live streaming, it's 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 audio is is a bitch. Uh, let's just face it. Audio is an absolute bitch, especially when you have 50 to 60 moving parts and people unmuting themselves, muting themselves, whatever it may be. But overall, Flow Bowling, thanks for taking that on. Uh, I support Flow Bowling. We endorse Flow Bowling. And if you're a bowling fan, I know times are tough and there's 30 million people unemployed right now in the United States uh support flow bowling when you can get that subscription uh as well as bowl tv and any any subscriptions that are out there even 11frame.com any anybody that's doing something in bowling that are just trying to make a living and keep the thing going uh, nobody's getting rich off this stuff i can tell you that so make sure you support flow bowling hats off to them uh even with a few technical difficulties but that's what happens when you're not the nfl and you don't have billions of dollars behind your production so hats off to them i know what that's like uh, I thought Bill O'Neill did an excellent job last night uh, being Lucas's counterpart, uh, tag team partner. I thought I thought it was funny that Bill had some sort of wisecrack for everybody, but that's what we learned to expect from Bill O'Neill. Matt, let's bring it back in. Let's go over Friday's poll question, the Bowler X poll question uh, that we put out there. And it was, 
what what would improve your bowling game the most? And the options were strikes, spares, understand oil patterns, understand equipment. More spares came in at 36%. That was your leader. More strikes uh, was only a 20%. Coming in second was understanding oil patterns at 24%. And understanding equipment was 20%. So really all over the board there, I think people think all of those things would improve your bowling game uh, the most. Matt, you agree? Yeah, I, I certainly think so. But I think it's it's interesting to see that uh, a lot of people are interested in getting better at spares and becoming better spare shooters. So maybe uh, maybe in the future we uh, we use this data that we just received and connect with uh, Coach Shady once again to maybe make some spare uh, instructional videos to, for the people to, to be able to improve their spare systems. Yeah, I'm sure he's listening to that for sure, and uh, we'll definitely be doing that. Remember, we do have another uh, instructional video coming out this Wednesday on our YouTube channel as well as on Facebook, Coach Shady. Uh, episode number six of how to get better at bowling and bowling centers starting to open up. So we're looking forward to seeing people get out to the lanes and get better at bowling. Uh, what do we have for today's poll question, uh, Matt? I think it's PBA league based here. What do you got? Yeah, today's inside, uh, today's bowler X inside bowling show poll question is which of these PBA tour bowlers are you most surprised did not get drafted in the 2020 PBA league draft? Jake Peters, Matt Sanders, DJ Archer, or Mikey Tang. Mm, yeah, those are good choices. I those are the four guys I would have put on there for sure. So yeah, we'll get that up. Make sure you go vote on Inside Bowling on Twitter, and you can uh, vote for for which person you think should have most definitely got drafted. Uh, we can't list them all, but those are the four that we've singled out that we think were the most overlooked in the draft. Um, so let's uh, let's let's get ready to bring in our guest uh, from the Sweep the Rack podcast, uh, Rob uh, Brooklyn Rob. <laughs> Uh, it's weird for me to call him that, uh, cause I know him by his real name, but, uh, mad respect for this guy. Uh, I co uh, competed against him, uh, when I was a youth, he was from the East coast. I was from the Midwest. We connected. This is the second time in a week. We've had a reference to the AOL message boards, Robbie Spiger and Mike Fagan were on last week. And we talked about this, uh, way before your time there, there, Matt, but, oh, yeah. uh, we have a mutual respect for one another and, and, and big Mike, I really don't know. I don't know big Mike very well at all. Uh, but after listening to to uh, sweep the rack since its uh, inception a couple of years ago, um, Big Mike runs the show over there, um, and you can tell he's from he's from Pennsylvania. Uh, I love his demeanor and delivery. Um, I feel like I'm like watching uncut gems or something like that. Right. Big Mike should be you know a diamond dealer or something. You know. <laughs> uh, but he's got bowling knowledge. Both of these guys do. And the other thing they have is a lot of charisma. And they've been able to bust through in the space in, in a way that uh, that you and I could never do because we don't have the personalities that these guys do. And, and I hope they keep doing it for a long time. And we are very, very happy to have our friends from Sweep the Rack join us today here on the Inside Bowling Show. Welcome uh, to the program, Big Mike uh, and Rob. Fellas, what's good? How's it going, guys? It's going well. Uh, you guys are looking good today. Thank you. You know, two months of quarantine, you know, I mean, I'm surprised I still look this good, but you just don't lose it, you know. <laughs> Rob Rob shaved for you guys. He hadn't shaved for me. He shaved for you guys. And I just tip well, so I, even though I'm in Jersey and we're under quarantine, I can still keep the fresh cut. So, you know, I gave Rob that advice. I give everybody that listens to you guys advice, tip well, and people will take care of you. I like it. This show's going to go off the rails quick. I can just feel it already. <laughs> I can just feel it already. That's how we do it. So, so listen, we're, we're obviously we're listening in, right, while you guys were talking. I, I have a question just to start out real quick. 
Mike, you you mentioned bowling, you know, sports being back this weekend. Golf was back. NASCAR was back. UFC's been back, right? Should bowling be back already, guys? Uh, I don't I don't think a traditional tournament uh, where you have, you know, 75,000 games of qualifying over four or five days, uh, you know, a round-robin match play, and then uh, a stepladder final. Uh, no, I don't think that uh, should be back. Now, if you wanna, if you wanna make something up based off of prior performance and start doing something with that, fine. You know, that's what I think. So, Matt, what are you, what are your thoughts there? Uh, yeah, I think bowling's in a really interesting spot because bowling doesn't have to deal with setting up arenas uh, full of ten or twenty thousand people. So I think that there certainly could be some advantages to the sport of bowling trying to get back quicker than maybe other sports can. Um, but I agree with Mike on this one. I'm gonna have to say that I think that if you want to make some made-for-TV events, I think that that would be a great idea and a great way to get the sport of bowling back. I think that uh, I think that unfortunately for bowling, we don't quite have the same resources that other sports do, and doing the things that UFC is doing costs a lot of money. And Dana White talked about it. He said, "Hey, we can be safe and we can take the proper precautions because we're spending a lot of money here to do that." Um, and, you know, it's going to require to get the players to a certain location. It's going to require getting, you know, I mean, I don't know, potentially testing done. Um, we're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to socially distance from one another uh, during the, during throughout the entire event. It would be very complex. But do I think that there could be, you know, like, sure, everybody drive to a city um, and, you know, put on some made for TV event. Sure. I think that that would be really cool. Yeah, I just had to ask because we oh, like we've been beefing with these people from the cornhole community uh, and, you know, cornhole has been on ESPN. And I made some comments on Twitter, and these these cornhole cornballs come out of the woodwork, and uh, you know start beefing with with the bowling community on Twitter. And yeah, I'd say, listen, I need cornhole off of the off of TV. I need bowling back on. That's why I asked. You know, you know, um, we're gonna. Well, I want to get to your podcast and promote your podcast as the next topic on my pecking order here. But because you went there for a minute, I do have two quick observations or things that I've heard. Last Friday, I was on the Sport of Bowling Show USBC, and we had. Uh, Ryan from South Point on there, big wig at, at, at South Point. And he mentioned how when you walk in there, there are going to be these these things you walk through and it takes your temperature automatically. H how much did that cost, right? And and then I listened to um, Daddy Issues, which is Joe Buck's podcast that he does with uh, Oliver Hudson. And they had Mark Cuban on. And Mark Cuban was talking about the American Airlines Center they're going to have where you can grab your phone or they're working on it where you can scan anything in the place. And it'll tell you the last time it was cleaned, like escalator railings, your seat that you sit in. Like, I mean, this is some hardcore high end shit here. Right. So um, when you talk about bowling, you know, if they could go to a venue like South Point where they're going to have these infrared temperature gauge machines, whatever they are, I don't know. It's above my head. You know, could bowling compete in events like that where they got to walk through it and check your temperature every time? Yeah. But then what happens if a player does have a temperature and they're leading the tournament? How does that affect things? And then what kind of shit show do we have on our hands from there? So I don't know, guys, but those are two little observations that that I think about when we think about returning to bowling. Um, so but I want to get to talking about you guys. Sweep the Rack podcast. It's available on podcast form on all major podcast networks. You guys have been in the space now for about a couple of years. Uh, let's start with you, Rob. 
Uh, why did you guys start the podcast and how long have you been doing it? Uh, I think we started uh, around February of, uh, believe it was, Mike, it was, it was 2018, I think. Yeah. 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 God, it's been that long. Um, or was it March? And I always uh, was a guy when I was a kid who grew up in the pro shop. I used to spend all my time just hanging out at either our pro shop in Brooklyn or Staten Island. And uh, the characters that used to come into the pro shop and just like hang out was amazing how funny these people were, how much gambling everybody did, the stories, the action stories, the just, you know, it, it was like Cheers, but it was bowling and it was a lot more... Um, degenerate than I would say Cheers was even. Uh, and I always wanted to, you know, bring those stories to people uh, because I don't think a lot of people uh, knew about any of the really fun stuff that happened behind the scenes, let alone the PBA or action bowling, uh, you know, and I I always wanted to do it. And, and I one time was in, in Philly years ago, I'm talking maybe like five over five years ago when I, I was I happened to be with Big Mike and Bill O'Neill and uh, we were just hanging out in Big Mike's basement just you know chilling and I, I brought it up and Mike was like yo like I've been wanting to do something like that too um so it took us a while because of how busy like we both are we both have you know real jobs that aren't in the bowling industry and uh you know um I wanted it my master's was in communications and multimedia uh, and I've always wanted to use my degree because I'm not using it right now. And uh, I kind of put two and two together. And I'm like, yo, like a Boeing podcast. Let me like try to get relearn the software. And, and Mike, you, you know, you know about like the, the, the multimedia part of it. It, it. It's ever changing. Right. So once you like leave the game and you have to come back and it's just tough. And then social media. Right. And then there's so many aspects to it. But anyway, so. Me and Mike one day with no experience uh, doing any of this, got onto a microphone each and we just started talking bowling and, you know, be let alone like be it from our connections in the industry, from my past uh, dealing with, you know, being a pro for a little bit, you know, and uh, being in the amateur game my whole life, the junior game my whole life. And Mike has, you know, connections. Uh, we, we learned really quickly that bowlers, especially the pro bowlers, wanted an outlet to talk. Uh, about everything and all we had to do was just get them on and it was like fireworks like the pros would just talk about everything and loved it and it was amazing to honestly like just give these pros outlets and see them go off so that's kind of just a little bit of the background yeah that's awesome and and, and it's i love people that just say we're going to create something from a pile of sticks and just see what happens so so that's awesome mike uh I don't know you as well as I know Rob, okay? Uh, but I know that you run the show at Sweep the Rack. You are you're the you're the anchor man here, so to speak. Uh, tell the folks at home a little bit about your bowling background and, and your thoughts on your program. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in Philly, in the Philly area, and uh, grew up in in some. If Philadelphia didn't have all that many great bowling alleys, I'll say that it's an awesome place, but the bowling scene in Philly was a bit rough. So uh, when I got my license as a teenager, the guy who was coaching me at the time directed me to go out to a, a bowling center that was a little bit outside the city, about a 20-minute drive. And the name of that center was Levittown Lanes. And it just so happens that Bill O'Neill bowled there as a junior bowler. Joe Paluzic, Joey Pants, bowled there as a junior bowler. 
there were numerous uh, older guys around that bowling center that were very well-known and well-accomplished bowlers in their own right. They had a really good pro shop there with a great regional bowler uh, named Vince Mazzani Jr., who at the time I think was like the, the leading title winner in the Eastern region. So I went up there and started practicing up there and struck up a friendship with Joe and Bill and a few other guys. And we would travel to junior tournaments together where we ran into characters like Rob and, uh, you know, other guys from the East Coast. Uh, I could give you a, a very long list of names that I'll, I'll spare right now. But, yeah, just uh, bowling high school, bowling on the East Coast junior scene. I bowled collegiately at uh, St. Peter's College at St. Peter's University. Now it's a small Jesuit private university in Jersey. Uh, I kind of went there strictly for bowling. Um, you know, I was looking at places that I that I could go that weren't too far away from home, but had a good academic rep reputation. And uh, yeah, I got my degree from there. Started teaching. I'm a, I'm a teacher currently with almost 20 years in. So that's where the gift of gab comes from. I mean, I I don't know if any of you guys have any family members or anything that are teachers, but it's 80 percent having having the gift of chopping it up and having the gift of gab, being able to keep. Uh, teenagers entertained and in this day and age that's quite a challenge so yeah I, I you know I'm good at chopping it up good at having a personality and that's why we want to start the podcast you know I'm a fan of bowling you know we're good friends with Bill uh, everybody knows that we talk about it on the show all the time uh, he has given us uh, a, a crazy level of access to the professional world of bowling which is just super cool for us because uh yeah, we just we you know we're fans. We're fans of the game, but we all it's like if you grew up with Mike Trout in baseball, or you know you you grew up with uh, with with Peyton Manning playing football, and, and now you can see the guy reach that level of success. So um, we wanted to start it as fans and just bring a voice to it. We didn't think there was any great bowling coverage out there at the time. Fast forward a year and a half, though, I mean it's a flooded market right now. There's a lot of a lot of different bowling media outlets going on. Listen. We love it. It's awesome. Like it's it's pushing us to up our game. Uh, we we originally started with just audio on our podcast, as Rob had mentioned. I got to give a shout to Rob because he does all the technical everything on our show. If it wasn't for him, our show would not exist because I don't have any idea of the technical end. So I'm glad I bring the personality and the gift of gab to the show a little bit because uh, if I didn't, then I wouldn't be bringing much. So. We, we started out as just audio only. Matt O'Grady was our first guest. Shout to Matt. He's a local friend of mine. I bowled league with him, so we brought him on. And from there, things just snowballed. You know, Bill was able to put us in touch with some people, and the PBA helped us out. Uh, Bill Vint from the PBA is one guy who's helped us tremendously get in touch with people. And uh, like Rob said, the bowlers were more than willing to come on, and it kind of blossomed from there. Uh, we signed with Flow Bowling for a little while, like a, a couple months after we started the podcast. And, yeah, it just didn't work out. I mean, the Bolero bought the PDA, and they're associated with Flow. And, listen, you guys know, like, it, and, and I'm not going to get into it here on your show, but there's a reputation there, right? And we knew that, and we discussed that on our show, and there was some pushback from that. And uh, Rob and I just thought it was better if we went back on our own. Quite frankly, we don't give a shit if we get paid or not. We have jobs that pay well. We're not in this for the money. We're not in this for the sponsorships. We've never even sent out a sponsorship letter of any kind whatsoever yet. So it's just fun to us, man. We wanted somewhere to be able to talk about bowling in a real way for the fans. That's and, and listen, all due respect to everybody who's doing their thing right now, but the difference between them and us is that we're not in the industry. 
we're just fans. We're not insiders. We're going to, we're going to call things like we see it because, uh, you know, of our fan perspective. So we're going to keep it going. And we just switched to video not long ago because, uh, you know, that seems to be the way that people are going right now. Um, you know, Rob's got a much uh, prettier face than I do for that. I'd rather just be behind the microphone. But, uh, yeah, listen, we have a great time. It's awesome. Some of the people we've gotten to interview and some of the shit we found out about them, like interviewing Norm Duke and finding out that he's a maintenance person for the apartments that he owns in Florida. I mean, that was just crazy. It, great stories and, and awesome things for, for from a fan perspective. There's so many times where we get done and I call Rob and I say, yo, how, how cool was that, man, to be able to interview that person and, and do that? Yeah, no, that's cool. And I saw Rob shaking his head on booking these guests. Rob, I'm going to give you an opportunity to stick up for yourself here. Bill's only reached out to maybe a couple of the guests, man. These are just, this is me. This is me, like, using my, like, hey, like, either be it from my brother or be it from me having just some kind of, uh, you know, I think Mike doesn't give me enough credit when it comes to, like, reaching out to these guests. And uh, so, I mean, a lot of the big guests was, you know, uh, was through me and my connections. So just throwing that out there, he's gives Bill too much credit. Yeah. yeah Rob, Rob's highly connected. I'll say Rob's highly connected. You know? right. That's something Rob and I have in common. We 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 were one we're wannabes. We we both hung with these people for a period of time. It all stems from the message board, man. It does. <laughs> it does. Well, guys, your your podcast can be found uh, on on podcast form anywhere you find podcasts. Search "Sweep the Rack." Where can people find the video form? YouTube. Uh, we definitely uh, started a YouTube channel, uh, "Sweep the Rack." Uh, so we're trying to go through mostly through YouTube, and then we also, uh, you know, I connect that to Facebook uh, to our Facebook page. Is you know, sweep sweep the rack. Uh, and yeah, uh, that's kind of our outlets right now. We're on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, last I checked, <laughs> I normally just post the videos and then it goes where it's supposed to go. But, uh, you know, uh, my, as Mike always refers to me on the show, I'm the busiest man in, in, in America. So, you know, I, uh, try to, uh, do this on my time. So, uh, what up, AJ? It's my guy, dude. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so everybody go check them out. Make sure you find them. And the other thing that I, that I think I want to say before we move on to this PBA League draft, we'll have about 35 minutes for the PBA League draft. Talk about that. So keep that in the back of your mind on time constraints here. But um, I think the thing that uh, that I want to say is is if, if we had on a guest and then you guys had a guest on the next week, for instance, you're going to get such a different line of questioning from our show to your show. And that's what makes me have a lot of respect for you guys. Cause you guys are going to spend the time doing the research, ask the questions you want to ask. And it's not the same old can question. So if you like our show, go check these guys out. And if, and if you like their show, check us out once in a while. So I think we bounce well off of each other. So guys, let's get in, let's get into the PBA league draft last night kyle sherman and uh and brad miller decided to go live and they invited matt and i to come on we did a deep dive on the draft last night i've had a chance to sleep on it a little bit and we really want to reserve this time to get your guys's takes and matt and i will also come in with our takes and and we'll we'll mix it up a little bit with you guys so we have 10 teams to cover and we have 35 minutes so that's uh that's about three minutes per team just to kind of think about this guys we can go over a little bit but I think let's just uh, let's just get a first initial 
60 seconds or so from each of you. We'll start with Rob. Your overall thoughts on the on the PBA League draft? Um, I thought it was well done. First off, uh, it was definitely uh, something that at least bowling needed. Uh, just to see bowling back, you know, live was cool. Uh, I I really liked the fact that you know there was a lot of talk behind it. Uh, the PBA definitely hyped it up. I know there was a New York Times article that Tom Clark tweeted out, uh, and I know Mike has uh, some strong feelings about uh, the hype for the the draft, and uh, we might have agreed that it was maybe a little bit overhyped. Uh, might be a little bit of a, a hot take, but uh, you know we, we definitely uh, you know saw eye to eye on that. But uh, my, uh, Mike, I'm and Matt, I'm I'm really still steaming about this number one pick that I'm I'm, I'm Leto did and. Uh, that's longer than 60 seconds. I know we'll get into it, but that, that was my over, overall like thoughts on the draft. Okay, Big Mike, your thoughts? Shot the flow bowling. Yes, they did a great job. I agree, uh, Mike, with your sentiments before. Uh, shout to Lucas and Bill. I thought they did a good job hosting. Uh, I had some observations about Bill's comments. I mean, he was totally out of line. Uh, he talked about Barnes getting dropped from his own team. He commented on people's appearances. He asked Ryan, Ryan Simonelli to show him his forearms, which is which is kind of questionable. He asked uh, Dick Allen to change his name back to Richie. He accused the Ballards, bowling legends, of collusion. I mean, my man, he, it's my guy, but he was out of line. Um, you know, listen, I do think it was overhyped a little bit. And uh, let's be honest, the PBA League is like an exhibition event to a degree. I, I'd love to see it grow. I'd love to see them do more with it. I think some changes need to be made on that front. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was great to watch. It, it, you got to see some of the players interact. Shout to Packy Hanrahan, uh, extreme confidence. He wants all the smoke. It, if you didn't see his interview, go back and watch his interview. It's only 20 seconds long, but my man brought it, brought the fire. But uh, yeah, I want to talk about the picks. And Leto Monticelli, come on, man. What the hell are you doing, son? Let's, let's talk my about My next hurting. My next hurting. I, be, I was shaking my head all night and morning. Damn. Um, and I want to get into it right now with this number one pick because it's been driving me crazy and I've been itching. Um, how they passed up on Sean Rash is just, you know, it's like almost Sam Bowie all over again. Like, seriously, like, um, and I'm going to throw some stats at you, okay? Sean Rash has 15 titles. He has a career earnings of $1.4 He's got two majors, 15 titles, and he has a player of the year award, okay? That's just – a a 15 year career. Frankie, I'm not taking any away from, anything away from Frankie, right? Frankie is an, an elite bowler. He's great. Four titles, two majors, and career earnings about 350,000. Who are you going to pick as your franchise player as a number one pick? Sean Rash or Frankie? It's a no brainer. And I don't know what I'm is like, you know. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I could go on and rant for another hour about it, but. Yeah, to me, listen, in a draft, what are you trying to do? You're trying to identify the guys who are going to be future Hall of Famers, right? If, if you sat down with any GM of a major sport and said, hey, this guy's going to be a future Hall of Famer and you can pick him, you're going to pick him, right? He could have started by, by picking his team with a future Hall of Famer and he passed up on that. It's really in the prime of his career who whacks the place that you're going to bowl this event at. He also allowed Marshall Holman – to pick up two Hall of Famers now on his lineup 
for, with Ryan Simonelli and Sean Rash. Honestly, they may be the best team in the league. An expansion team may be the best team in the league. And, I, and what it made me think about is that I think the expansion teams had a little bit too much advantage in this draft. I got a comment about one of your comments that just came uh, about Rash is overrated and not being team material. I bowled against Rash for three years in Saginaw Valley State when he bowled with Wichita, and we bowled heads up against him numerous times. That kid is nothing but a team player. And if you, in order to bowl for Wichita, you have to be a team player. Like that's how they bowl. So that is completely like a really like not true. So just throwing that out there, the kid knows how to play team bowling. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they, it, it, listen, I, I think that the, the, the expansion teams are supposed to suck for a year or two. That's part of being an expansion team. You remember the Florida Marlins? <laughs> Who was the best guy on the Florida Marlins the first year? You don't know. You know why? Because <laughs> they were an expansion team. So that's kind of the way it's supposed to be. So to see an expansion team with Sean Rash, Ryan Simonelli. Oh, and wait, and wait. Dick Allen, the guy <laughs> like the MVP of Bayside, they get Dick Allen too. Yeah, I mean, my goodness, I know. Listen, and Leto Monicelli may have handed Marshall Holman the title just through this draft. All right, good, strong, strong thoughts there, and good ones, good takes. You did your homework here, Big Mike, for today's show. That is for sure. Um, okay, so Matt, let's uh, let's go to the to the view here where that's the view I was looking for. That's my man right there. Let's uh let's go team by team and let and let's let's break it down. Uh let's start from the bottom up. Uh, because you guys have already talked a little bit about the new expansion teams. Let's go ahead and let's take a look at the defending champions, the Portland Lumberjacks. They had Tim Mack, obviously, as their team manager. Uh Wes Malott, Kyle Troop, Chris Prather, unbelievable start. They fill it out with Martin Larson and Packy Hanrahan. Uh Rob, what do you think about that team? I think it's a good team. I think it's gonna depend on uh West Malat really uh, because West Malat was an elite player uh, and if he could get back to like what he's been you know doing for years I feel like that's a pretty strong team they really Marlon Lar Larson's very uh, underrated as a pro uh, and he's a very very good team player too nicest guy uh, so it's good to see Marlon back I know he was injured uh, you know was in an accident so you know, it's a pretty good team. You know, Kyle Troop, Chris Prather, solid guys. Give it a grade. What's your grade? See, you guys got to keep Rob moving. He'll talk all day about this shit. Rob, give oh, it a grade. What's your I, grade? Uh, B minus. That's B where I graded. Right. I, yeah. I got Portland Lumberjacks as a B. Yeah, I'm a little bit higher than that. I love the Packy Hammerhand pick. That's yeah. a great pick. That's a great pick, especially for Bayside. I'm not too keen on the Martin Larson pick. I don't know if I could pick a guy that trips over ball returns. <laughs> I can't. I got to go a little bit lower there. What do you guys got for a grade on them? Mike, come on, fire away. Yeah, I give them a B, but it's because of their draft position. Um, they were kind of handcuffed there at the bottom of that with that double pick there. Packy was a great pick, and, and Martin, you know, Timmy knows Martin very, very well. So, uh, you know, I give him a B. I give him a B down there as well. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. It's somewhere in, in this B, B-plus type. I'm a big Packy Hanrahan fan, so, uh, you know, it makes me want to boost their grade a little bit more. Um, and I think he's going to be really exciting to watch in the league. Um, and I also think, like Mike said, their draft position, I don't see 
I'm looking at this here on my monitor. I don't really see people that were drafted later that I would have said, okay, yeah, draft them before these two picks that they that they picked with uh, Martin Larson and Packy Hanran. So I got to say, they did what they should have done. It was a standard draft for them, and they didn't make any wrong decisions. I think they did a good job. You you could make a case for um, Oscu in that spot instead of Martin, the way that he bowls. Pate. Nick Pate. And Pate, yeah. 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 He kind of fits the who pay uh yeah. void so to speak but uh yeah. all right let's uh let's get to lax here and i said last night on the on brad and kyle stream that this is the most confusing team to me in pba league history um they've got a bunch of folks that aren't from the united states yet they've been red white and blue every year so it's just confusing to me but guys uh what are your thoughts on the lax team the, the job that uh team manager andrew kane did well we gotta be we gotta try it on 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 really uh eggshells here because i know Stu is watching and uh we no, gotta make sure don't shred give it to him call oh, his yeah. here big, big mike's gonna come about, off the top I, ropes i'm not worried about uh pissing Stu off uh he's just gonna come back at me and ask me to leave a 610 when i bowl against him uh i gave them a, a, a b um and uh that's just due to the fact where i wouldn't call it an a uh just because i'm not the biggest uh, a Patrick Gerard like fan. I kind of feel like if you would have drafted maybe a Jake Peters or a DJ Archer there, I feel like I'm just look like I, I know Mike doesn't like, you know, he's not a big any of those guys that I just said, but yeah, B, I gave them a B. I like Anthony Levery Star. He's been showing the last couple of years that he's he's able to play with the the big boys. But um yeah. Uh A minus Lavery Spar was one of the steals of the draft. They were able to get him back on their team as I think is their last pick. He should have went way earlier than that. And uh, in terms of Patrick Gerard, that was one of the picks I liked best. Patrick Gerard is that dude, especially in a team format. He brings fire. Uh, he's a guy I would want on my team. He throws it well. I, I like their draft. A minus one of the highest grades I gave. Yeah, and uh, I gave them a B as well. Um, another, and, you know, at the end of this, at the end of this, this, this round here, and then coming back and having the second pick in the last round, again, kind of handcuffed. But when is Jason Belmonte gonna, gonna step up and lead this team? To he's, it's about the only thing he hasn't won in bowling, right? So uh, that team just confuses the living shit out of me. I said it last night. I say it again today. Uh, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think these teams here um, at the lower portion of this board that we've got up here were pretty standard in their drafting selections. I think once we get up to closer, I mean, I know we've we've harped on these expansion teams already, and I can't wait to get up to that part of the board here so we can start having some real interesting conversation. But I think these teams lower um, in the draft order really just made some pretty standard picks. I think Patrick Gerard may have been a little bit of a surprise to go that early, but I certainly think that Patrick Gerard is an elite player that belongs to be in the PBA league draft. Um, and I think he's a really great guy. He has great team chemistry with other people. Um, you never really hear anybody say anything bad about the guy. Um, and again, Anthony Lavery Spar, another elite player. He's been in the PBA league before. He's performed well. Um, and like Brooklyn Rob said, um, you know, he's he's really shown that he can really compete with the big dogs. So I think it was a pretty standard selection um, or selection for LAX. And I'll, I'll give him another B. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the Dallas Strikers, arguably the best start and and the team that, that would have been the, the hardest to screw up, so to speak. 
Um, and uh, I'll start with just something on this one. You know, they take Brad Miller and bring him back. We know Norm loves Brad. They like to bring guys back. I think Brad's going to take a step forward this year, bowling with them a second year in a row. So I really agree with that pick. And not to not to put the cart before the horse here, but I was really surprised that the Kingpins didn't take Brad Miller to go with Kyle. And I, But then what does Dallas look like with Darren Tang on it? Because Darren Tang would have been the next guy taken right there. I think those two picks right there were, were, were interesting uh, as, as they were back-to-back there. But And then Nick Pate, obviously, uh, Norm has taken young guys that you know you really haven't barely heard of, like a B.J. Moore in the past, some other guys. And now here he is with uh, with Nick Pate. Uh, Nick bowled three 300s in one tournament on the PBA Tour, Team USA member now. Uh, he's also got himself looking really good. He's lost some weight. Uh, he's really dedicated himself in a lot of different ways besides just bowling, but but the whole health kick as well. And and Brad and Nick together from uh, from the house is going to be some serious chemistry there to go along with the three the three big guys there. So I actually give the Dallas Strikers an A in my opinion. Uh, over to you guys. Um. Yeah. That was to me. That was the. This is the best team. Uh. And if I'm Nick Pate, I would be doing cartwheels wanting to bowl with Norm, Tommy, and Bill. You want to talk about the some fun like banter going on in that team? I mean, between Bill and Tommy and Norm, I I, I can't imagine how much fun these guys are gonna have bowling. Also, like, but think about learning from these guys too. Like, you, this is a, a the, those three. I mean, it's hard to mess up the next two, but. Nick Pate has been just really, really good the last year. And Brad Miller, like you, Mike, I agree with you, has been coming up. So I give them an A. I think that's they're the strongest team. Yeah, A+. Plus. Uh, I think the other managers' mistakes led to them being able to get Brad Miller and Nick Pate. Nick Pate should have been off the board uh, well before they drafted, I felt like. Um so yeah, A plus, uh, one of the stronger lineups for sure. Wouldn't wouldn't be surprised to see them win. Yeah, and I agree. I said this last night on uh, when we went live with Brad and Kyle. I said that I think the Dallas Strikers are going to be the team to win it all this year. And I, I agree. I give them an A A plus. However, we want to put it, they're in the A category. And I'm honestly surprised, based off of the past year and a half or so, that Brad Miller went down as far as he did. Um, I know he still was drafted relatively early. But I could have seen him certainly going above um, some, some of these players that were drafted before him. But again, I think that uh, Brad Miller was a great draft pick, big Brad Miller fan. And I also think that Nick Pate, um, I think that he was, uh, I think he was a little bit of an unknown as like, yeah, sure, he's a great player, but is anybody going to really take the chance on Nick Pate and put him on the squad? And I think that without a doubt, there's, that was not a mistake to draft Nick Pate. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a hot take here myself, and and I think maybe maybe the most the biggest question mark on that entire team could be Norm Duke. Honestly, he could be the biggest question mark on this team uh, based off of performance. Tommy Jones is as hot as he's ever been in his career uh, heading into to, to this break. Bill O'Neill, the past two years, look at his look at his record. I mean, the guy's been absolutely on fire, and those two guys have actually. Once they got it figured out, they've benefited from this Brunswick EBI merger buyout. Uh, they've really got the equipment figured out. And uh, and Brad Miller obviously taking the next step. Nick Pate on his way up as well. If this was a Beckett price guide in sports cards, they'd be on the hot list going up. And uh, Norm Duke, you know, uh, hadn't been bowling 
all that all that well this year, uh, unlike last year, uh, his back-to-back wins. So that might be the one question mark on the team, which is not a question mark at all. So let's move on to the Silver Lake Adams Splitters, Mark Baker's team. He's always very creative with his picks. Matt, let's start with you on this team. Your thoughts on the Silver Lake Adams Splitters? Well, I got to say, um, I've said this a couple of times. I'm I'm a little biased here with these with this draft, and I spoke before the show started with you guys and said that um, I'm friends with a lot of these young guns, a lot of these guys that are coming up. I bowled with uh, part of the Team USA program. I bowled with in youth tournaments all around. Um, so I think that picking Chris Vine, AJ Chapman uh, were two stellar picks for the Silver Lake Absploders. I would have to give them an A. I think that Chris Vine has put in the work, and he struggled for about a year, year and a half, and now he is – you talk about Tommy Jones being as hot as he's ever been. Chris Vine is on fire right now, and I think that this whole uh, pause in bowling really was a bad, bad break for Chris because he is just on fire right now. U.S. Open, World Series of Bowling. Um, and I think Chap Daddy, that's a great pick. I think Chap Daddy has had a col- uh, college experience, so he's got experience bowling with teams. And I think that he's a very versatile bowler. You called him a throwbot last night, Mike. You th- he's, his execution is very, very good. And to be able to learn from uh, a guy like Barney and Baker and Darby, I think that that's going to be an, an unbelievable team this year. So an, so an A. I don't know if I gave them an A rating, but an A for sure. Let's go Big Mike next on this team. Yeah, B plus. B plus for me. I like it. Uh, I'm not as strong on, on Chris Vi as Matt is. Uh, I need to see a longer stretch of success from him. Uh, I think that, that, that one pick might have been a little bit of a reach, uh, especially when you already have a no-thumb and a two-hander on that team. Um, it, it didn't really make a lot of sense to me, but I know him and Mark Baker have a little bit of a background. So there's that there. Uh, love the A.J. Chapman pick. Can't even believe he was around that long uh, for them to scoop him on the back end. So definitely makes a difference there. But B-plus for me. Rob, what do you think? Um, <clears throat> I like them as an A-minus. Uh, I, I like them as being one of the top like teams, but a little bit below uh, the, the, the strikers. Uh, and I'm uh, you know a big uh, Chris Barnes and um, a Svensson fan, Chapman, I love his game. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I kind of feel like Darty and uh, Vaya definitely, you know, if they could get it together and get it, put put it all together, they'll be in contention. I, I like them as a team A minus. And you got Baker, who's, you know, one of the world's, if not the best coach in the world uh, when it comes to just fixing a physical game in a matter of 30 seconds. So you have that wild card, too. Yeah, I like their team a lot. I give them a B plus. Uh, Vi was a bit of a stretch with Tang and Miller still on the board. Um, I can understand that, but uh, Coach Bakes, he 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 knows what he wants, and you know he's also a guy that's put Dick Allen anchor and gone on to win the league in the past. So he's he's got something in his mind that's going to work. He's kind of the mad scientist, the evil genius. I would call him the Belichick of uh, the PBA league, so to speak. He likes to cheat, huh? Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> and don't also don't forget the fact that uh, Bakes has got experience coaching Vi on Team USA, so I think that that played a role in it as well. Having experience coaching uh, certain players, I think, can definitely play a role too. Guys, we got a lot of Kingpins fans here in the chat because the, the chat's absolutely right. I did I did skip over the Kingpins, and it's because I I had the Darren Tang reference earlier, and, and I saw that. So anyway, back to the Kingpins now, who we skipped over. Uh, let's start with you, Rob. Your thoughts on Carolyn Doran Ballard, team manager's uh, job here with the Kingpins. 
Um, I, I'm not a big fan of the Kingpins. Uh, I gave them a C plus. Uh, and uh, you know, there's questions about Pete, right? I mean, just Pete is you know kind of getting a little bit uh, and uh, a little bit on the older side. He hasn't been really good the last year, year and a half. Uh, I'm not, and I've been on on record saying that I'm not a big Oscu fan. Uh, I kind of, I've always, you know, we, me and Mike did a skit on Sweep the Rock about I think the most overrated player in the game, and Oscu is my pick. Uh, so, uh, and you know, um, I think Marshall Ken has struggled on TV a little bit too. So, there's a lot to be said on this team. Big Mike. Yeah, uh, B for me. I like the Darren Tang pick. I, I don't mind Oscar Palermo here. I think he's had a little bit of a resurgence over the last year or so. So I don't I don't mind that pick. But my observation here, see, I just watch things a little bit of a different way, is that Oscar was just chilling at three in the morning. Uh, he he comes into the to get interviewed and it's three a.m. and he's just chilling. I got to find out why. I need to know why he's up chilling at three a.m. just hanging out. I mean. The draft ain't that important, my man. You knew you were going to get drafted. Not even Martin Larson, who was in the same country, stayed up. So if Martin Larson didn't stay up, Oscar Palermo certainly shouldn't be staying up. So I don't know. I got to get in touch with him and see what's good. I thought CDB did a good job uh, taking Darren and Oscar. I, I do question whether Brad Miller should have gone on that team. I understand for their for their vlog that having guys on different teams could be a good thing, but it could also be a good thing to have Brad and Kyle together. Could you imagine – the amount of fan support if they were both hooked up on the same team. Um, I know that doesn't necessarily play into team chemistry and all that sort of stuff based off of who, who they had last year and bringing a player back. But but that was, I'm sure that was a tough one for for Coach Dar uh, Doran Ballard there. So uh, I give them a B plus. I think Darren and Oscu, they didn't screw up the draft. They, they got two players that fit in well. And Pete and Oscu have a lot of history and a lot of respect for one another. So I think Oscu actually makes Pete better. Yeah, I'm going to have to go off and say it's a little confusing here because when you look at the overall strength of the team, I don't I don't think that it's necessarily the strongest team in the league. Um, and I think that you do have a couple of question marks. Pete is a little bit of a question mark with his health and what, uh, you know, what caliber he's going to be at when the league comes around. And he's one of the greatest of all time, so you can never count him out. Um, but when, when you look at – I think the Darren Tang pick is a great pick. I think, um, honestly, if I was drafting a team, I probably would have picked Darren Tang higher in the draft. I think that he's been a stellar bowler over the course of the last PBA season. Um, I'm a little confused. I don't think Oscar's a bad pick. I'm a little confused about the pick. That's all I'll say is I think that there are other players that I could have seen uh, go before Oscu went to that team. I think that if you look at some of the players that weren't even drafted, uh, you know they don't they don't have a left-handed bowler. I would have thought about picking somebody like a Matt Sanders, picking somebody. Uh, you know Matt McNeil was still available at that time. I would have thought about picking a potential DJ Archer, who I think would have been a really good fit with that squad. Um, so I'm a little confused here. Uh, I think overall, I don't know, it's a pretty standard standard draft. I, I'd probably give it a B minus just for the fact that it's uh, it's a little confusing and it's just so standard, honestly. Yeah, Stu Stu wants to know who 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 you would have taken over Oscu in that position. Name the players, and and so you said you said Sanders. Anybody yeah. else? Uh, no, I said Sanders, um, Matt McNeil. I think would have been an interesting pick. I just think if you're looking at all these. Um, all of these rosters, and if you look at the history in that building, I think that having somebody that's uh, left-handed is important. I really do. I think that 
Um, you know, you look at Simonelli's success in that building. You look at Jesper's success in that building. You look at Buttrup. You look at Matt Sanders in the previous uh, years of the, of the of the league. I think that I think that it's not. I think that it could be make or break. I think that it could be something to help you. Um, but also, I look for team team chemistry wise. I know you said Oscu has. Uh, Oscar has a good relationship with Pete. I'm also thinking about those younger guys in Marshall, Kyle, and D-Tang. Um, but, yeah, I think – yeah, I'm trying to be politically correct here, Stu. He's roasting me here. I don't have uh, the cojones like Big Mike to come off the top ropes and just tell him how it is because, because I'm friendly with these guys. But those those would be the guys that I probably would have looked at. Listen, uh, I'll say it. Saying Matt Sanders over Oscar Palermo is some straight disrespect to Oscar Palermo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said trick must be one of the few bowling alleys that Matt Sanders can strike in. <laughs> oh my Come gosh. On, Come on, man. No, no, but from, a, from a strictly strategic perspective, a left-hander would have been a potential boost to that squad. Not, not Matt Sanders, though. Not not with it. Come on. All right. Matt, Matt Sanders yeah. strikes a ton in that building, and he struck a ton in the history of the PBA League. Uh, there, there's a lot of other guys on that list who, who deserve a shot there. I think, I think even Holloman's name hasn't been mentioned. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Holloman. totally forgot about Michael Holloman. That would have been another pick that I would have looked at. That I can live with. I can live with that one. I can't I can't live with Matt Sanders. Can't live all right, let's move on to the Motown Muscle, the team manager, Dell Ballard Jr. And I hope Dell's doing okay because um, on last night's draft, I had me a little concerned for his health. Um, I don't know if he's just he was just uh, not being able to talk very well or, or, or he had a microphone issue or something, but I hope Dell's doing well. Um, EJ Tackett, Anthony Simonson, Josh Blanchard is their start. Uh, very solid core group of guys. Haven't been able to get it done uh, in this league. And then they select Mitch Hupe and Matt McNeil. Um, Big Mike, uh, off the top rope, what do you say here? Uh, C-plus, I like the Hupe pick. Uh, I, I, I'm not a, that big a fan of the Matt McNeil pick. It's just uh, it's just me. I'm just not a Matt McNeil fan. He, he's kind of part-time. You know, he's, he, he's, he's out there sometimes. He's not out there. I know he has a ton of success in team bowling. You know, I'm not going to hate on the pick too much, but personally, that's definitely not the direction I would have gone. I feel like if if Dell goes in a di- different direction there, he quite possibly could have put together the best team in the draft. We'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out because if the left is really good, then Matt McNeil is going to pay dividends. But if the left is not really good, then I really don't like that Matt McNeil pick. Rob, Rob, what do you say? It's interesting. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but three of the five players, and I don't know where, um, but three of the five players are ex-Shockers from Wichita, Blanchard, Hupe, and McNeil. Uh, And I'm going to talk about Wichita because they're the epitome of team bowling. So uh, they have experience. So I like this team. Um, I'm not as down on them as Mike was. Um, I I like them as like a, a solid B. And I, I don't want to get stew pissed for, for saying another B, but, you know, Tackett and Simonson and Blanchard, I mean, those three just instantly, like, make make a solid team. And then Hupe has been has been really good um, the last, like, year or two, and he's coming into his own as well. Uh, so, yeah, solid B for me. Uh, what do you think, Matt? 
Yeah, I think this is another another B team. I don't think I think now after we're done reviewing this team, we're gonna start getting into these weird wonky rankings and ratings here for this draft because that's where thing kind of where that's those teams, those four squads is where things went sideways for me. And um, so yeah, this was a standard. I love the Hoopay pick. I think maybe he went a little early. I think the Matt McNeil pick is, um, you know, I think that that's a, that's a fine pick. I think that he was a good pick, uh, especially if you're looking for a left-hander. So, um, yeah, I think I think it was fine. I think they did an okay job, B. Coming down this list here, if I look at the guys drafted after Mitch Hupay, Chris Fye, Darren Tang, Brad Miller, uh, Gerard Larson, okay, Lavery Spar, Hanrahan, maybe even in there. But when I look at who, who Del Ballard passed on, uh, with Vi, Tang, and Miller, which I thought would have been better picks here. And, and I love me some Mitch Hupay, don't get me wrong. And, and he just he just came out of the winner's circle last year. I get it. But I think that was a stretch. So, you know, after that pick, you know, I got Del Ballard at a D on the uh, on the overall draft. But then when he comes back, back with Matt McNeil on the backside here, um, you know, there's the storm affiliation there. There's the, if Matt was out on tour full-time, he's a top 20 player probably. Um, what's left at that point? What's left on the board? I mean, is is Matt Ogle, Thomas Larson, Zeke Bade, Ildemar Ruiz, Richard Tease, Chris Sloan, and then the, the, the DJ Archer and all these other guys, it, are, are you going to, are you going to strike lightning in a bottle with those guys? I don't know. I think you can strike lightning in a bottle potentially with McNeil if he gets it going. Uh, so, uh, I gave him a D after, after that, uh, at that first pick. And then I, I give him a B plus after that. So he, he lands there somewhere around a C plus to a B on that one. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but this team has, has underperformed in the past and, and maybe this mix here and this switch up, Dell knows something that we all don't know. So C plus for me. Mike, Mike, uh, you know, uh, you mentioned guys that, that got drafted after. What about some guys that didn't get drafted? Matt McNeil over Zach Wilkins? I yeah, mean, that's Zach Wilkins true. hell of a season. Uh, he, he's been a factor in several tournaments. Matt, Matt McNeil over DJ Archer? Dude, but I, Zach, I, Matt, I Matt McNeil has a better overall I, resume than, than Wilkins does. Well, not well. At least, listen. Recent events, not even close, Rob. It ain't even no, close. You know? I disagree. I'm just saying you can also take a look at the guys that weren't drafted. You know, for sure, for sure. And um, yeah, why don't why don't we start moving on here to these four questionable teams, which I think we're going to have more talk uh, regarding rank- rankings and ratings of how they did in the draft and overall team. Uh, Brooklyn Rob, let's throw it over to you to go through this Brooklyn Styles team. Ooh, uh, you know, <laughs> ooh, ooh. I'm 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 like in the C minus to like D, like for the Brooklyn Styles. Uh, Walter Ray, Brad Angel, Rhino, BJ Moore, Thomas Larson. Uh, I feel like the BJ Moore and Thomas Larson ultimately could carry this team. <laughs> um, you know, and then look, like Walter Ray's the GOAT, and it's one of those things where, you know, is he going to be able to be the old Walter Ray, right? Is he going to be able to strike with this, you know, if the scores are high, right? Uh, if there's a grind and it's U.S. Open, I'll take Walter Ray all day. But if you're putting on a strike shoes, 
you know, Walter is not, you know, not going to average a 240 or 250. You know what I'm, I'm talking about. But uh, Brett Angelo is definitely a wild card here. Uh, hasn't really had, um, hasn't been really making any like TV appearances. You haven't really seen his name a lot on TV. So, uh, and then Rhino's look like Rhino's great. He's solid. Uh, you need a good lefty. And to me, he's probably, besides Simonelli, Rhino was like the, the, the one of the best lefties on tour. So, you know, there's a lot to be said on this team. This uh, this team points out to me the discrepancy between the expansion teams and some of the teams that had to stick with their players. Uh, when you look at expansion teams with Sean Rash, Ryan Simonelli, and Dick Allen, and a team who had the fourth pick or, or second pick, really, if there weren't expansion teams, has Walter Ray, Brad Angelo, and Rhino Page. There's a big difference there. Uh, I love Johnny Petraglia. Uh, he's like a legend, and you know, I grew grew up in the area where he lives. He was a Vietnam vet. My dad was a Vietnam vet, and I got all the respect in the world for my man. But yeah, I don't know. This he was in a tough spot going into the draft, and I don't think they did enough to improve much. So, out of respect for him, though, I'm going to say C. Yeah, I mean they they are off to to a bit of a the uphill battle here out of the gate. But you know, I bowled Raza with Walter Ray, and that dude dominated everybody. And uh, and you know, Kyle Sherman was there, AJ Johnson was there. I know it's a different environment; it's not PBA; it's freaking La Raza. But you know, I'd like to see Walter step up here. You know, these guys have nothing to lose; they have absolutely nothing to lose. I like Angelo and Larson. Those two guys will probably have some sort of computer mechanism machine tied into where they know everything about each other and every lane move possible. And, you know, B.J. Moore's got a real opportunity here to step up and, and, and become a major player on television. They might throw him down the five hole. And Rhino's a little part-time recently, so that's a bit of a concern. But Rhino Page has, has thrown it for the wheat for the University of Kansas uh, when he didn't have the greatest cast of characters with him before and has gone on to win a national championship. Uh, so I, I kind of, I, I, I got to give them like a C plus, I guess. Um, because you know, you, you did have some pretty strong talent there coming down the line, maybe Tang or somebody like that would have been a better pick than BJ Moore, but you can't really argue with it. So that, that's what I give it. Matt, you want to chime in real quick on this one? Yeah, I, I have to agree. I think a C plus I'm kind of, Mike said that the LAX was the most confusing team for, to him in the league because of their Jersey colors for some absurd reason that is plays such a big role for Mike. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say that this is my most confusing team in the league. I know that a couple of these guys are buddies, so many different styles on the team. You got BJ Moore who can hook it. You've got Walter who does the opposite. You've got Brad. That's kind of like an in-between real good shot maker. Thomas is like, is a, is like an upper version of Brad. It's just in Rhino's on the left. It's just a really strange team to me. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of, uh, yeah. And I think maybe BJ went a little bit high in terms of like relative to performance uh, recently. So I'm going to go a little C here. And let's not forget they kicked Sean Rash to the curb and threw him back into the draft pool. So interesting. All right. Well, Rash says he left on his own terms so that there's a lot of, gray area there so yeah bj bj moore's value is greatly increased because this is at bayside and everybody everyone wants to hear the bayside crowd chant more bj yeah (laughs) his value is drastically increased in this draft just because of that that's true i do agree with that and he'll have plenty of air time and more shots to throw so uh philadelphia jason couch has dom barrett tom smallwood sean maldonado 
kind of not three guys that throw it the same kind of weird coming out of the gate, but three strong players and, and the points and overall resumes. Then he absolutely shocked the world, in my opinion. Absolutely shocked the world with Jason Sterner with that for, with that first pick there. He clearly wanted Sterner. Didn't think he was going to get him on the way back. Reached for Sterner, in my opinion. Then he picks Matt Ogle coming back, which was another shocker. Uh, I gotta give I gotta give my man Jason Couch uh, an A for creativity and 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 being just totally unpredictable. And he's been very predictable in the past with Wadka picks and and other EBI type staffer guys that he knew. Uh, so I like him trying something new. Um, but on this one here, I got, I got to give Jason couch, uh, unfortunately a D rating on his, uh, on his, on his draft. Uh, who wants to take it next? Big Mike looks like he's chomping at the yeah, yeah. Since this is uh Philadelphia, I'll rep here. Uh, I I'm getting text comparing Jason couch to Sam Hinky. Okay. Uh, you know, that's not a good comparison. If you're not familiar with Philadelphia sports, that's actually a really bad comparison for Jason Couch. Uh, Jason Sterner pick was a huge reach. Matt Ogle, Matt Ogle couldn't even bowl a few months ago. Matt Ogle couldn't even bowl a few months ago. I know I heard it through the grapevine that he sent out uh, messages to the managers, letting them know that he's good. But, you know, there's no guarantee on that. Uh, I give him a D, but I will say Matt Ogle had the best scene in the whole draft, like when they pulled him up on video, his wife was there, his pot was in the background. It looked like his pot was looking out the window like the feds were going to break down the door. <laughs> his wife was in the background. Everybody was there chilling. I felt like it was some real NFL draft. Like he was the one guy who everybody was really excited to see him drafted and make it. So that was cool. Dave. Um. Before I say my grade, uh, I just got a, a DM from Sean Rash. She told Mike to get his back straight. He asked to leave. So <laughs> just letting you know. I just, <laughs> just you know. We always get quickly corrected. You know? <laughs> yeah. So he may have been asked to leave, but uh, I know Sean, and he could have maybe gone in there and 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 said, "Why don't we drop everybody else and just redraft the team?" And be, I mean, there's there were some creative things that could have happened. So, but yeah, I appreciate that, Sean, very much. <laughs> okay, so back to uh, Mr. Jason Couch's, uh, who, by the way, if you haven't listened to his interview with us on Sweep the Rack, was absolutely amazing when he got on Bill for being a a, a bandwagon fan was probably my favorite. Uh, and one of my uh, favorite interviews, I think. Uh, um, I, I, I'm not sure if I like this team, and I don't think that I disagree. I don't think Sterner was a reach there. I really like Sterner. Uh, I think he's a solid, a solid addition to any uh, as a fourth pick. Um, so uh, I'm going with the uh, B minus for the Philadelphia Hitman. Uh, Tom Smallwood. I've been on the record saying when it's when it's for the cheese, Tom Smallwood is pretty good for it. So. Uh, and he's when he's on, he's pretty much a top bowler on tour. So uh, I don't think he gets enough credit, Smallwood. Um, yeah, B minus. Yeah, guys, I just want to we just want to keep the facts straight here and keep the focus uh, focus gone. We're 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 grading their drafting from last night here, right? In terms of team P or excuse me, Dom Tom uh, Dom Smalls and, and Maldi, sure, three outstanding bowlers. But if we're going off the draft last night. I'm going with Big Mike on this one. This is this is in D territory for me. 
I love Jason. I love Matt. But, man, this just doesn't make much sense to me, given the players that were available, the players that didn't get drafted. Uh, sure, if you want a Mike Flanagan, if you want to give him an A for creativity. <laughs> Matt was about to pay me a compliment. And now he gone. <laughs> Is that how it goes around here? That but is- no, I I drafted Jason Sterner in our mock draft on the uh, Beef and Barnsy show, and I I reached for him a little bit, but I agree that's a, a at that spot it's a big reach. All right, so let's move on while Matt tries to rejoin here. Uh, let's 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 uh, let's go with with the Bruce City Ballers here, guys. Uh, Marshall this Holman. Is easy. This is easy, right? A A is in. Thank you, and Leto. Yes. <laughs> so so we we all agree that Rash, Simonelli, and Allen were were tremendous, right? Um, Crazy. So let's just break down Sloan and Bate. Like, were you guys surprised that those two were picked? Bate, yeah. Sloan, no, I like Chris Sloan as a pick. I think he's a fiery guy, could bring some some real fire to that team. But uh Zeke Bate, yeah, I don't yeah, I, I even wrote down like I think Marshall goofed it a little bit with the last pick. Yeah, a lot of a lot of talent on the board there. Yeah. Yeah, Rob, what do you think? I I think that they were definitely the benefactors of Mleto. I don't know, doing his best New York Jets drafting impression. Uh, and yeah, um, I, <laughs> you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is, is like, you're starting a team from scratch and for them to be where they are, it, it, they're in a good spot. So, uh, you know, I kind of maybe feel like there was something more there for those last two picks than we know. Um, and I kind of feel like maybe there were some relationships and some politics, I should say, um, because I feel like. A lot, some of these managers, there's politics going on behind the scenes that we don't know about and nobody wants to talk about. But you know us, I love talking about stuff like that. So you got a lot of wiggle room when you have Sean Rash, Ryan Simonelli, and Dick Allen. Yeah, Dick some- Allen. Now let's talk about that real quick. That's another thing. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but I'm Leto passing on Dick Allen. You see, if I'm if I was M. Leto, I would have picked AJ and I would have picked D- Dick Allen there, and I would have probably not picked Andrew Anderson. To me, that would have been the smart play. So, I mean, he let... It's clear that the next grade is going to be an F, right? Big, big... Well, you know, AJ maybe makes it a a higher grade because AJ was a good pick, but... Not for me. What do you mean, not for you? Not for me. F. (laughs) F. I had to put the official teacher marking on there, son. F. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the Zeke Bait pick. I went on the record on my show um, when Matt asked me who's a super sleeper here. You know, Zeke Bait and Dick Allen bowled tremendous together in a double show. Zeke really performed well. And he's performed in a lot of people doing beatboxing and dancing and things like that, which is way more uh, difficult to do, uh, in my opinion, from a self-esteem level than bowl on bowl on ESPN or Fox and, and, and bowl with guys that, you know, in a raucous environment, right? Everybody's silent and he's beatboxing in an arena with three, 4,000 people in there. Uh, so he's got, he, he's got the demeanor for it and him and Dick Allen being boys. I actually really like that pick there. Um, I know, I think Sloan and Wilkins are two guys kind of, similar in the in the draft pool they could be lightning in a bottle wilkins didn't get picked of course 
but Sloan is is a damn good bowler. Um, so so I uh I, I I really like this team a lot. Matt's back. Welcome back, Matt. Can we? I think there, there's one thing that we. I mean, are we gonna get Tom Leto's team? Because there's something else I'm itching about that he did. I told you it's easy. We're yeah. we're done. Well, can we talk about the 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 um Eldemaro Ruiz pick? Because honestly, like I I just did some some stats behind the scenes, and I I, I don't want to be a Phil Brylo here. If you saw that mock draft, uh, and basing everything off of stats, but even like if you compare like Holloman with um with Ruiz, Holloman has literally 29 events at about 40,000 career earnings. Ruiz has 111 events with 78,000 in career earnings. Ruiz has been bowling PBA for 10 years and has 78,000 in earnings. And someone like Holloman has 40,000 in earnings, has been on the tour for a year and a half. How do you make that pick there? There was, I could have named 10 bowlers that could have been a better pick than Ruiz at that spot. F. I can't argue. I can't argue with it. Yeah, I think I think Amleto Monticelli does does get an F in this draft. I I agree. Yeah. Well, guy, legend, legend. No disrespect, but you know, just because you're a legend doesn't make you a good GM. Yeah, and and real quick, uh, first off, I apologize for all my stuff falling apart here, uh, but I want to I, I want to agree. I think that after he made the first three picks of Francois, Andrew Anderson, and AJ Johnson, I was gassed up and excited, and I was like, "This is my team. This is the team that I'm going to pick to win it all." And then came off the top ropes with these last two picks that I'm just so confused about. Um, and I, I yeah, I, I think that he. I don't think, you know, Big Mike, I got to say, I don't think that there's a, there's an advantage for these expansion teams. If you look at all these protected players, all these players that they couldn't have any chance of getting, I don't think that there's an advantage there uh, for someone like Marshall Holman. I think Marshall Holman benefited greatly off of some of the picks that were made um, by M. Leto. And I think that I this, this Las Vegas High Rollers team, I think that that's the most disappointing uh, drafts for me. Okay, guys, last thing I want to do, go around the room, because we are running out of time here. Um, who do you think is going to be in the finals, and who, who do you think is going to going to win this league, uh, whoever wants to take it first? Um, I'll go first. It's, uh, it's going to be Dallas Strikers is going to be uh, playing the Silver Lake Adam Splitters, and uh, uh, I like this going into a tough one. It could even go to, like, some kind of uh, – OT rules or something like one ball, like roll up. Uh, hopefully, let's all hope for that because the entertainment value would be incredible. And I'm going to take uh, the Dallas Strikers. Uh, I kind of feel like their team is just too solid. I'll take Dallas Strikers and the uh, new Brew City Brawlers. Uh, I'll take those two teams. But listen, it's so hard to say because the qualifying for this event is literally the shortest and quickest qualifying in the history of the PBA. I'm, I'm sure most of us have been there to watch it at some point. Uh, you know, it's it's extremely quick, and that has a lot to do with who bowls who. But yeah, I'll take those two teams as the best two teams, and I'll I'll take uh, Bruce City over Dallas. Actually, uh, I think Amleto kind of handed the league over to Marshall Holman here with this draft. Matt, what do you think? 
I think I'm, I'm sticking with what I said last night. I think that the Dallas strikers are going to be victorious uh, in the PBA league this year. I think that if you're looking at the other teams, I think the Bruce city is a great team. I think that uh, silver, like Adam splitters could have a chance, but I ultimately think that the Dallas strikers are going to come out on top. Yeah. And I got, uh, I got the Bruce city ballers over the New York city Kingpins. So that's my, uh, that's my uh, take. That's my hot take as well. I really like the job Marshall Holman did last night. Hey, fellas, thanks. We really appreciate you guys coming on the show and kicking it with us. I know we had a lot of B grades in there and maybe not as much controversy as some people like <clears throat> Stu Williams wanted to have here on this show. But uh, people can listen to the hot takes you guys do over on your own show, Sweep the Rack podcast. Any closing comments uh, from you guys? We'll start with you, Big Mike. Uh, I think that the winning team needs to stick together and defend their title. You know, I know Tom Clark checks all these shows out. Come on, man. Get it done. Change the rule. The winning team needs to be able to keep their lineup if they want to keep their lineup. It's stupid. What other sport do you see the winning team doesn't come back, at least, you know, with all their key pieces and, and defend? There's only five guys on a team here. You know, so that's my closing comment. Get that done. And if this is going to be a bigger part of the PBA, let's make some changes to make it better. Rob? Yeah, um, it's definitely one I, I want to see bowling back as soon as possible, especially the PBA. So let's start putting together a show or something, even if you have to pull out six or eight guys and manufacture a show, you know, and put it on TV, right? Like, let's get bowling back on TV. If Cornhole could be on TV, PBA could be on TV, people. Shut um, the Cornhole cornballs up. I'm tired yeah. of hearing it. And anybody in the bowling community wants to come and support us at the 215th, you look me up on Twitter. Don't be afraid to send a tweet at these cornhole nuts. <laughs> you, Mike, you, you had your chance, okay? Uh, it's my turn, all right? You, yeah, know, yeah, you, wait, you waited eight hours to send a tweet on that. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for the support. I appreciate it. If it was, <laughs> if it was a bar brawl, I'd be knocked out in an alley, and Rob would be coming up to me the next day saying, oh, I'm here, man. You good? Hey, you know, I'll, I'll end up taking you to the emergency room anyway. So. Yeah, thanks. No, nope, um, I won't need it. I won't need it, guaranteed. Thank you, though. The only other thing is, is if you want to see more serious co competition with these teams, I feel like there has to be, um, you know, they have to think about putting more money into the prize fund, maybe, uh, and which is obviously a given. We all want that. But I feel like uh, this has to go from an exhibition kind of like fun, you know, bay, you know, bayside event to if you want to make it a serious team money rivalries like, you know, NBA or the NFL. There has to be some places put together, uh, and especially when it comes to the teams and the the rules and the money. So, uh, you know, we all love the team events, but we, we want to make it more serious and more money. And that that's kind of my two cents. All right, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for kicking it yep. with us today, guys. Thanks for coming, Love you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. thanks. Yeah, no question. Keep doing what you're doing. You too. All right. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. All right, so there's uh, there's our guys, Big Mike and Rob. Uh, good show today. It was fun talking about the draft. Today, uh, Beef and Barnsey are going to have a show about the draft, and uh, people should go check that out as well today. I believe it's coming up here in about a half or 45 minutes, I think. Uh, you can check their times at Beef and Barnsey on YouTube and on Facebook. Thanks to everybody that participated in today's show. Uh, Matt, any closing comments for you today? No, just a great show again with the guys from Sweep the Red Podcast. We appreciate everybody. And uh, tomorrow, Mike, tomorrow, got another great show on tap. Uh, we've got Guppy and Kyle Troop coming on tomorrow. 
So make sure you guys come on in, have some fun with us, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, as always. Um, and we appreciate everybody coming out for this one. Yep, it was a good show. We had a lot to get to today. I want to thank everybody for uh, participating and uh, giving their hot takes as well. Thanks to Big Mike and Brooklyn Rob for coming on the show. Check out the Sweep the Rack podcast. It's a good one. You can find it where you find podcasts everywhere and find them on Facebook and YouTube at Sweep the Rack. Make sure you go follow them and support bowling. Uh, format, I'm Mike. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow. Episode number 27 with Guppy and Kyle Troop. Have a good day, everybody.